Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Welcome everyone to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson. Oh, I am feeling kind of rejuvenated right now. So just had a very fun dance party with my guest, Carrie. And so I was just saying to her that coming into this call, been feeling some like shifts, some, I don't know, some stuff and some, maybe some heaviness and those dance tunes, which were uplifting and fun and exciting and exhilarating. And, um, I have the tiger. Can we just say I have the tiger? Cause that's <laughs> awesome. Um, really reminded me of the power and shifts that can happen when we sort of drop into that, that space of our body, that dance, that move, that music and, and, and reconnect, which, um, I'm very excited to do with my friend Carrie today. So we chatted maybe about six weeks ago and got to know each other a little bit better. And I, now I'm very excited to have her on as a guest of the podcast today. So welcome Carrie to the show. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here with everyone and I'm looking forward to a great conversation. So well, let me introduce you to everybody. So Carrie is an entrepreneur of 15 years, the publisher of Pageant Platform Magazine and the host of Pageant Platform Podcast. And she's a sought after speaker in topics, which I love. Okay, I'm going to read them out. So leveraging your publicity to close more deals, bodies don't lie, body language basics, the significance of color in wardrobe and the psychology behind it. Yes, please. Let's geek out about that. Uh, the network game, making networking work for your business and follow-up tips for success. And she is the president of Book, Speak, Repeat, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, I enjoy the opportunity to share what I have learned on stages with anybody who will listen. And I know how powerful it can be to make those real life connections with people, whether it's through this digital world, but to be present and to be seen and heard in a way that feels authentic and real and um, powerful all at the same time. And I know that that is exactly what you do and support other people to get themselves out there, increase their visibility, increase their capacity to have their message heard. And from a business standpoint, kind of a big fucking deal. So I'm very excited to have you with us today. And I do know that, you know, as it happens on this podcast, we tend to talk a little bit about what brought you to this place you're at now where you've are sharing your wisdom with the world and really specifically why you have chosen this path. And we all kind of know that we go through our own metamorphosis, transformation shifts. We learn a lot, we fall down on our faces and then we get up and learn some more. So I'm, I'm intrigued to hear about your journey and um, what led you to where you are today, leading others literally all over the world. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. And I'll tell you, honestly, my story starts so, you know, long ago, well, not long ago, I shouldn't say that, but 2005, you know, I really, I, I'm a born entrepreneur. I just kind of didn't know it. Um, 
I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. My father was an electrician. He is long since retired, but he had his own business. And, uh, you know, he had a very successful thriving business where uh, the house that we had, he converted the garage into an office and storage facility. And uh, every morning there would be gentlemen coming every day to find out where they were, what job sites they were going to be working on, having a staff meeting. Um, you know, and I got to help my dad with different things, but the entrepreneurial lifestyle, it's not for everyone, but there's so many great perks. I, you know, growing up, uh, because I was the youngest of four, four, you know, I was able to, um, accompany my dad. Like he, over the summertime, when I was out of school, I was with him every day. He bought a, a antique cabin cruiser and restored it over the summer. And I got to stay down there with him and help him and, um, you know, play down at the, um, marina and just have a great time. Um, when I was sick at school, he was the one who came to pick me up because he had that flexibility. Um, so it's really, I, I kind of was born into that and I didn't really know any other way. I, I couldn't really um, assimilate myself in an eight to five environment. I tried for many years. I worked, you know, prior to starting my own business, I did a lot of corporate stuff. I worked for attorneys. Um, I worked as an executive level assistant in a huge construction company where I assisted all of the C-level staff, uh, did some event planning, corporate planning, um, great jobs. And then I got my first sales job working in the modeling industry with John Casablanca, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I kind of got to work a split desk. I was, you know, putting people into the school, you know, registering them. I was teaching. And then I also worked in the modeling agency, putting the kids out to work, you know, on different modeling assignments, which was a lot of fun. Um, so that was kind of my first crack at sales. I didn't think I would be good at it, but it turns out I'm great at it. I worked, I thrived really well in that. Here's the leads, you go do this and we're going to leave you alone type environment. And I thought, you know, I really need to have my own business. And I started planning for about a year uh, to start my own business. And I was starting to do, you know, image consulting, dealing with people in the modeling and acting and pageantry industry. But as you know, entrepreneurship, it's never a straight line, never. <laughs> so always do your, if you're listening and you're doing your business plan, do it in pencil because you're gonna be making so many changes. This little eraser is gonna go away very quickly. <laughs> Best in a big eraser, uh, cause you're gonna need it. Um, but yeah, it just, it didn't turn out that way. I, at the time I was working in corporate as a recruiter outside sales. I, my primary job was to do trade shows, um, you know, business development, bringing in the job orders. And then when we got too busy, I'd have to go in the office and do more recruiting. Mm -hmm. So I worked part-time for a year, you know, teaching modeling and acting to save up my money. Back then we didn't have Wix or Shopify or go, you know, if you wanted a website, you really needed to have someone do that for you unless you knew HTML coding. So I saved up my money. I had someone who did my website and I thought, you know, this is great. Finally came to time to, hey, I have to put in my notice. I put in my two week notice, worked that out that Friday. I thought I'm free. This is great. I don't have any more, you know, responsibility. This is going to be wonderful. That Monday morning, I woke up at my same time. It was very overcast that day here in Central Florida because it rains all the time during the summer because this was in June. Right. And I thought, I remember walking to my dining room window and I thought, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> it was a split second. And I will tell you, um, taking that leap of faith and doing what I'm doing now, I would not trade 
being at, you know, my worst day as an entrepreneur, I wouldn't trade it for my best day in corporate because there's nothing like it when it's the right fit for you. Um, but how I kind of got to where I'm at now working with speakers and so forth. When I started, like I said, I thought I'm going to get into doing image consulting, working in the modeling and acting industry. Well, that did not take off right away, but I was having, I was involved in a lot of different networking functions and I would have people like BNI, the chamber, Hey, we're looking at starting a new chapter or a new, whatever. You're so good at connecting people, help us do this. Well, so much work goes into that. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on my own so I can make extra money till my, you know, business takes off. And that's where I kind of segued into doing networking events, getting people together at like Borders Books, which I don't even think they're around anymore. Uh, in the morning, I, you know, I charged $5 at the door to come in and network. We'd all have coffee. That turned into lunch events at different restaurants. Then I did my first trade show and I had that meeting planner hat on because I had to get butts and seats and sell out the exhibitor space and book the talent. Um, and it kind of took on a life of its own. And that segued into marketing and sales, helping people with that, you know, um, you know, with their business. And, you know, probably about five years ago, I said to my team, you know, I really miss speaking. I want to get back into that because I started doing that from the get-go. I was approached to be a speaker. It wasn't something I sought out mm -hmm. because I was a former recruiter. I was asked to speak at colleges, you know, to the graduating classes. I was asked to speak at some, you know, for some of the HR, you know, divisions of different companies like, hey, we're having trouble with whatever. Um, so they sought me out. And back then, that's the way the market was anyway. You would go uh, get selected to speak, go speak, collect your check and go home. You didn't have to do anything else. Well, now the market's totally flip-flopped. But, you know, about five years ago, I told my team, I want to get back into speaking because I had gotten away from it from so, you know, for so many years. And I said, you know, I let's start getting me booked as a speaker. Well, my first step reaction was like, you got to be kidding me. This is insane. And I don't scare easy, but that process made me take a step back and go, Oh gosh, I don't know. You know, um, it took us about six months to figure out, okay, this is how the association and trade organizations are doing it now, how the colleges are recruiting speakers and how it's happening in the private sector. I'm a system scout. So once I have a system that works, we just keep beating that drum. Mm -hmm. um, so I started getting booked and we developed a process and I told my, my uh, team, I said, you know, this was a headache for me. I can only imagine what it's like for brand new speakers who have never done this before or people who have been out of the industry like myself uh, for many years and want to get back in it. I think this would be a great service to, uh, to offer. And that's where Book Speak Repeat was born, where it came from. It, it came from my level of frustration and turning myself into a big old hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm I'm very grateful for you to have gone through that journey. Thank you, and all of us who um, want to be speakers and are have that as a dream, but don't have the time and energy to do all of that work. So thank you for that. Uh, tell me a little bit about because <laughs> I like the messy stuff. I like to hear how things went sideways and then what you were able to tap into to move forward. So obviously that's a number of different organizations that you're trying to maneuver through and, and understand and get comfortable with. And then there's going to be hiccups. And how did you self-manage the fear, the drive, the, 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 the connection to your why? Because, you know, 
again, you were doing a variety of things. How did you stay on point uh, through all of the heave-ho? Yeah, I guess? that's that's a great question. And I will tell you, because there, there's three main aspects in the speaking industry. You're either speaking at the big shows, you know, for association trade organizations, or you're speaking in the educational sector, which is colleges, universities, high schools, elementary school. And then the last part of it is private training, mm -hmm. where you're actually going in and you might be spending a half day, full day or a week at a company training their sales team or HR department or, or whatever. Some speakers work in all three sectors of speaking and some just do one or two, you know, um, it really depends on their message and what they're trying to do. Myself personally, right now I'm just doing two, association and, and private training. I, I don't really have a message per se for the college market right now. I'm, that may change in the future. Um, so it is kind of fluid. I tell people there's no right or wrong here. It just depends on what your message is and who you're trying to reach. Um, you know, going through this, when I develop that, like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. Usually I'm, I'm more of a, a ch like challenge me. And if it's something I really want to do, wild horses could not keep me away. I'm going to find a way and I'm going to, and I'm not one of those people. I don't do things half-assed. I, I like to use my whole ass. You know, it's like, I just, I want people to, you know, go, wow, she's really good at this. So I'm more of a perfectionist, which has been a blessing and a curse in, in the same breath. Um, but it's really helped me get through that because I was like, okay, there, okay, clearly there's different ways of doing this. And it did, it took six months of figuring out, okay, how does this work? Okay. Now I'm starting to get responses. Some of these are rejections. Some of these are, Hey, let's continue the conversation. So clearly this is, it's like, and then I realized, okay, it's repetition. Repetition's part of this. And it's kind of pulling all these different things together. What pulls you through? And I am no different than anyone else. What will pull you through? is your desire to do this. If you have no desire, you mm -hmm. won't do this. So even with the system that works. Absolutely. And I, I've experienced that. Um, and I, so in my vision here, that desire is like, uh, almost like a, like a need, like I have to do this. Like this is, it's a and quest. It's, it's a quest. A, it's and a, it's, yeah. It's like uh, you are that warrior on a mission and you're like, mm -hmm. nothing is stopping me. Wild horses couldn't. And, um, and it's beyond like, not beyond money because money is necessary, but it's more than just that acquisition. It's recognizing what the acquisition of money then grants you because that's the, that's the connection piece. That's how I see it. Right. So my mm -hmm. why is about safety, security, family, time, energy, all of the things and what that looks like for me in my mind. Like, what mm -hmm. is it that I want from this experience? I want to be um, sharing this knowledge and, and having an impact, that ripple effect on the world that goes beyond the, en the energy exchange of money and time and all of that. But that's how I see the desire piece is mm -hmm. like, it's deep. That's a deep well. Well, I, I will tell you when I talk to new speakers or when I say new, new to my company, you know, they may be established. They've been speaking for several years or they may be brand new. Hey, I have a message to share, but I don't know what I'm doing. I've never spoken before. So we work with all different types of speakers, brand new to people who have been in the industry a long time. And two things I project to them with this, because, you know, we're getting to the point now where we're going to start with like, for this year, we're going to have, like right now, we were accepting new speakers, but 
we're going to close it out. And then just like twice a year, have like an open, you know, like we're accepting new speakers because I'm, I'm a speaker too. I use my own service. Clearly I do, I will not sell anything that I don't use. I'm a client too. Just like I think of the hair club for men, like the guy who says, I'm not only the owner, but I'm a client. It's the same thing. You know, um, I don't, I will not sell anything. I don't believe in that. I know, okay. I know this works, you know? Right. Um, so that's just how I am but I have my own message that I need to get out there. But what I tell speakers when they come to me, I'm like, your message has to be more important than the money. Two reasons why, because this is a hard process. And usually if an established speaker is coming to me, I know they're struggling, they're not working. They might tell me they are, but I know they're not because otherwise, why would they come to me? So their, their message has to outweigh the money. And the second part of that is, is that you know the speaking industry it's getting worse. I just wrote an article that was published a few weeks ago about how you have to have another way. Like I tell people, use speaking as a paid marketing tool. So if you get paid $700 to go speak to this group that's your potential, like, hey, I can get private training gigs out of this audience. That's how you have to look at speaking now because so many more people, especially since the pandemic, are getting into speaking even part-time that are good qualified people that have a great message to share that can help a lot of people. We already have a lot of speakers out there and it's getting worse every day. We have even more and you can still work and be, you know, it can be lucrative for you, but you got to make it about your message. The, mi the minute you make it about the money, mm -hmm. that's when people run into trouble. That's when, when things don't work, you know, when the system doesn't work, whether they're with me or they're doing this independently of themselves, that is the deal breaker because your message has to outweigh that money. I'll share a quick story because I have a lot of people asking me, well, like, you know, well, why do you still work with speakers? And I'm like, well, I do. I don't do it all the time because I'm a speaker myself. But I said, the reason I do it is because everybody out there, you, me, I don't care if it's the postman, everybody has a story, everybody has a message that they can share that will help another person. And even if it's just that one person that they reach, then it's done. I mean, it's, it's working. The system works. Um, many years ago, I was, and I may have shared this story with you in private, but many years ago, I was traveling to Indianapolis for an event and I spoke at the event. Something happened with, I was staying at the a hotel at the convention center downtown and they either sold out the second, I, I don't remember exactly, but I had, they were like, you know, I was speaking that day and I'm like, okay, I'm flying out tomorrow anyway. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I can't stay here at this hotel. I'm going to go stay at the airport. Okay, fine. So I spoke, I went, I checked into a hotel at the airport. I had an early morning flight. I get up the next morning and they had an airport shuttle for the hotel and the guy loads up my luggage and he said, you know, ma'am, if you don't mind, I have another person I have to pick up. It's just right down the road here. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Go ahead. We've got plenty of time. We go to this other hotel and we pick up this woman um, about my age. Very, um, I could tell from the get-go because I speak on body language that she was on edge about something. And, you know, sometimes it's because people are nervous about flying. But something had happened where I had to get out. She got in before me and I was sitting beside her uh, in the, the airport shuttle. So I, she starts asking the driver, you know, um, she said, I parked my car in overnight parking. Do they have someone who is there all the time? Or, you know, is it, is it ever unattended? And is it well lit? And like, 
odd questions. And so I started a conversation with her. I said, oh, where are you headed to? And she had mentioned she was going to Knoxville to Tennessee. She had a job interview. I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, I said, that's a great city. I think you'll really like it there. And she kind of opened up and said, well, she said, last night I stayed at this hotel, but this past week I've been at a women's shelter. She was leaving her husband and that's why she had to get out of the city. She said, he has threatened many times to kill me. And I'm worried he's going to hurt me if he finds out that I am, you know, flying to wherever it was. And I thought as someone who has, you know, and I've experienced, and this is again, the reason why your message is people need to hear it. She was put on my path for a reason. Now, many years prior, which some people know this, some people don't, but I'm a domestic violence survivor. I was stalked for two years. I had someone who was just crazed and uh, went through a terrible ordeal with that. And it really robbed me of my self-esteem. It robbed me of a lot of things. So I knew what she was going through. So I started to talk to her and I told her, I said, look, I've been where you are. It's a different situation. But I said, I want to tell you something. I said, you're going to go to Knoxville. You're going to get that job. You're going to move there. You're going to have a happy life. And I want you to promise me something. When you get settled, I said, I want you to sign up for either kickboxing, Krav Maga. I've taken both. Um, some type of martial arts or self-defense class. I said, that is going to physically empower you. I said, your husband has no power over you. And he knows it. That's why he's threatening you. He has lost control. So I said, know that. Know that going, stepping on this plane. But I said, you are going to be fine. Everything is going to work out. And she's like, oh, you know, I really hope so. Well, she had to get out because it was a Delta flight she was on. I was on American. And I had to get out to let her out. And I said, look, I know you don't know me, but can I give you a hug? And she said, yes. And she just, when I hugged her, she was so skinny because I could feel her rib cage. And it's like, she just collapsed in my arms. And I just said, you know, go, go knock him dead. You're going to do great. And she left. And even the driver, when he was driving me to my, to drop me off, he said, that was really nice what you did. And I said, well, she needed to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I speak for a living. And this is what I try to impart to people. It may not be somebody in the audience. Maybe it's somebody you're sitting next to on the plane. Maybe it's someone like the lady I sat next to. And I've often wondered, I, I've wondered in my mind, I'm like, she got that job. She got away. She's happy. She's living her, her best possible life right now. But I've often wondered what has happened to her. And I, that's how it works out in my head. Right. Um, because that's, there's just no other way for it to work out. But that was someone who was put on my path for a reason. Now, what if I had said, you know what? I don't want to go speak at that show. I'm only going to get $500. This isn't even going to cover my airfare. Why bother going? And she sat in that shuttle alone. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And or you know, what if someone else was sitting beside her who had a bat, uh, just added to her day, made it worse or made her anxiety worse? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I tell people, this is why your message has to be more important than the money. Mm -hmm. It always it, needs to be that way. It's so much, you're right. It's so much more than, you know, that straight line experience of going to the stage, I'm going to do this thing. And then, you know, we, we play out the scenarios of why we're doing it if if it's in relation specifically to money and or um just the the business end of things but there's so much more intricacies of with in relation to humanity and and it is especially for women we 
very, many of us have this, yes, I want legacy. I want to have a, an impact and I'm not sure what that means. And many, for those who are maybe stuck or stalled or feeling a little bit trapped in the circumstances of life can, um, not sure how that's going to play out. But when we make ourselves available, when we are willing to put ourselves in those places, and so for you, the place happened to be on the shuttle, but really the, I was going to a gig, but really it was the shuttle mm -hmm. and, and recognizing that there's so much reciprocity there. So what I'm seeing as, as someone who's tuning into that story and visualizing that experience is that it's empowering for her, mm -hmm. um, hopefully that was the experience and, you know, and, and visualizing what that path could be for her, but knowing that it was empowering for you as well. And that it's something that you could take with you as this is like, if you're going to think about why you do things, I would land on that all day long, personally, mm -hmm. like being like, yes. And I will go to the next gig because for the chance of sitting down beside someone in that environment or wherever that might be in a restaurant, in a lineup, in knowing that when we allow ourselves to get that clarity or that passion around our who we are and what it is that we feel we're here to do, the stage, mm -hmm. the, 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 the message that we're putting out there, it opens a door to what becomes possible. I think that you doing what you do and putting yourself in that position as a speaker, because that's not, it's not everything you do, but it's a big element that made it possible for you to speak to that woman. Exactly. And you said something earlier about the ripple effect and there is a ripple effect. It's just like when I go, like I did get business out of the audience. I always do, you know, so private training, I got those, but again, it's like you, you people are put on your path for a reason. And same thing too, you're put on their path for a reason. People are there to help you too. And I've had it happen in an opposite direction where I've had someone who, you know, for private training where it just did not work out, but I was able to help this person, you know, just with some other things, with some training and things that they could do in their company to implement. That person in turn referred me to two other people who became clients. So it goes different. It, it's an ebb and a flow, but it's a ripple effect. And you can't, you can't always look at things from a money standpoint that mm -hmm. yes, the money's going to come. do what you love. The money's going to come. You need to put your message out there. But if you're not putting your message out there, if you stop every time to go, well, how much am I going to get paid? And I don't think this is going to be worth it. All you're doing is all of those little ripple effects that were going to come your way have mm -hmm. totally stopped. Nothing is going to come to you. That Nothing. is, that really speaks to me. And for, for even, and I'm thinking about for all people, whether you are anticipating getting on a stage to share your message in relation to a business, or you are just a human being with a passion or a drive or, or something that matters to you finding that within yourself to be able to share that with the world. And um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about clarity of message and what you would share or advise or support someone with as they're trying to move through their, like, cause passion sometimes doesn't have words, right? Mm -hmm. It has like, it's all in your gut. And like, you just know that something matters to you, like just to be able to put it together and, and, in such a way that you feel seen and heard and valued in a way that mm -hmm. aligns with your, your integrity and your values. So um, tell us a little bit more about what that means for you and how you would support others to help clarify their message. 
Well, I would say a couple of things. Number one, you need to, you know, your message, you need to write it out. I, I'm a big fan of journaling. I think if you journal, uh, that's going to help you have clarification much more quickly. Mm-hmm. Instead, if you're just like, I'm sorry, this is my cat, Marlon. Ah! Like, as soon as I get on a Zoom call or, or it's like, I got to see what you're doing. Yes. Sorry. Um, if I don't let him jump up here, he'll drive me crazy. It's totally fine. <laughs> The joys of working from home, right? (laughs) Um, So, you know, you want to journal. That's a big thing. You need to figure out who who are you trying to reach? What what is your message? What are you trying to say? So, for example, um, and I'll just kind of throw this out here, but let's just say you're a real estate agent and you're like, hey, I'd love to be able to get more clients. Well, you can provide such a great service because you could talk about, hey, here's the top 10 things you need to have in order before you sell your home or how to not get screwed on buying your next investment property. Those are things that are going to provide value to the people in the audience. And it helps solidify your, like, hey, I'm going to help you find your forever home or your retirement home or your investment property. You know, you're, you're serving a purpose. I mean, I, again, it could be a plumber. It could be anybody. Um, those things that people think, oh, well, I don't think any, that's not really helping people. And it's like, yes, it is. You think it isn't, but it's a huge deal to someone else. When we talked about earlier before we were, you know, before we started recording, you know, doing the dance party and like I shared with you, I'm like, look, I have some anxiety around this because I'm taking dance lessons to get over that. Like the people who are, who I'm going to a uh, school and um, like I've told my instructors, it's not a big deal to them, but it's a huge deal to me, mm-hmm. huge much bigger than they could ever imagine because they're doing, just because you're an expert at something. And we all, we always have that tendency to assume everybody else is an expert too. Mm-hmm. And we're not. So you're helping them navigate whatever little piece of life that they have to go through and making it, and that's your job. It's to make it easier on them or to help them through it, to navigate. So how do you want to help navigate? Ask yourself these questions. How do I want to help navigate people? What, how can I expand that? How can I help more people, Mm. you know, with less of my time? Should I write a book? (laughs) Should I go on the speak? You know, should I be a speaker? Should I write a book? Should I have a program, a class? Should I have, um, you know, should I make t-shirts? What, you know, never assume that your message is minute, small, or wouldn't matter because it does. There are plenty of people out there that it does matter to. And again, tax attorneys, real estate agents, plumbers, electricians, everybody has a message to share, everyone. So for the people in the back, your message matters. So I, what came up for me, because I feel like I'm kind of like the master of the imposter syndrome, being someone who succumbs to it regularly and then coaches people through it um, because I have some expertise there. But really that rang true for me that there's so many of us for a variety of reasons who are like, we, it's not that we forget, but there's something, maybe it's some very social conditioning. It's normative to be like, well, everybody knows how to do this. Or, you know, they, they probably can get all the way to here. I mean, I could give them maybe one last little tidbit, but like really, you know, it, it, we forget, especially for some of us who some of the skills and the, the knowledge and the information that we've sort of honed over time, it's been so long since we've known it that we don't remember not knowing it, or we don't remember that experience of, of not, learning it, of learning yeah. it and, and, and being in the, in the unknown space. And a lot of that expertise comes through experiences, which are emotionally driven. So we're not recognizing the learning inside of that. 
And it, it, I think it's extremely powerful that we are continuously um, connecting to people who will remind us of how fucking awesome we are mm-hmm. and that what it is that we have to share, there are absolutely people out there who don't know what we know. Mm-hmm. And even if they know parts of it, they don't know it in the way that we know it and that it's through our stories, our experiences and, and that message that they will get those fine-tuned pieces so that they can excel. And for those of us who are, feel really strongly about being of service to the world, that really speaks to me. And you know, it, it takes some of the fear out if I think, well, it's me just doing this part or sharing this about myself or about my, what I know, that's gonna help people. And I, okay, I can hang my hat on that. And, you know, another thing I would say to journal about too, because a lot of people will say, well, I don't really know what I would talk about. An easy fix to that is again, sit down and journal. Think about the last time you were at a networking function at a friend's house, a barbecue, whatever, or somebody called you and said, hey, you know, what do you do exactly? And you tell them, hey, I'm a real estate agent or I'm a plumber or whatever, I'm a doctor. What are the top five things that people ask as soon as they find out what you do? What are the top five questions they have for you? Because every, that is a plethora of topics that you can use. So like, for example, I had a real estate agent tell me, she said, well, you know, most people are asking me, did I, did I undersell my house or did I overpay for the one I just bought? Like, well, there's, there you go. There's a great topic. Mm -hmm. The top 10 tips to, you know, discover, are you paying too much for this house or did you underprice? I said, actually, that's two topics. And I said, so if, if people are asking you those questions, then there's general interest out there. So there's, you know, there's already a need. That's a way to gauge interest too. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I would tell people to do is, you know, you can come up with tons of things to talk about just based on that one thing alone. Oh, that's brilliant. And to like to dive into a little deeper on that. So, you know, let's say you get asked a lot of similar questions. Number one, if it's a question that seems to be triggering people in that industry and that's something that you're passionate about, then by all means become that person. But I also noticed um, there there's the, what do people ask your help for? And that like consistently, they seem to come to you for that thing, whatever that is. Um, So for, you know, some of the listeners that that maybe this work isn't related to their employment or their career, but it really has to do with, you know, uncovering what their passion is in life and, and what they feel drawn to or what they feel connected with, what might be their purpose, whether they're it's income related or not mm-hmm. and going, well, I don't know what I'm good at. I hear that all the time. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm good at. And I call bullshit on both of those because mm-hmm. inside of that, you can know. And part of that could be when you're out and people are talking to you, like, what is it that you either end up talking about or what are people asking you about that you, you seem to be responding to or that you support them with. Yeah. And for people who are asking them or who are saying that I would turn the question around and I would say, okay, that's fine. What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What is it that like, if you got to, you know, fill in the blank today, I'm excited. I jumped out of bed at 6am because I get to and fill in the blank. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't care what it is, roller skating, um, going shopping, whatever. All of those things can be turned into topics And it might be a hobby of yours. Like for example, like somebody loves to take photos. Okay, great. There's tons of people out there that would love to learn how to be a better photographer. So you could teach them how to do that. You don't have to be a speaker to do it, but you know, you could write a book about it. You could do 
a video blog and have charge for a membership site. It's $37 a month and you're going to share different tips and techniques and take them along your journey. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do and you can monetize anything, yeah. you know, like even people like right now I'm looking for a new, um, what I'm calling a cat nanny, but a new pet sitter for when I travel. Cause I have three cats, you know, I adopted them at the beginning of the pandemic and, um, three, you know, two brothers and a one from a separate litter. But, um, you know, I need somebody, I'm very particular about who I want. And I want them over here twice a day, but even with a pet sitter, a pet sitter is somebody who could, you know, you could make money off of the service you're providing, but you could also, you know, top 10 things to look for when you're trying to hire someone to take care of your pets or, mm -hmm. you know, here's, <clears throat> you know, there's different products and things that you could add to that, that you could sell everything from t-shirts to apparel, um, you know, a vitamin line for, for animals. I mean, there's just so many different things that you could do. The, once you get started, and think about, well, what do I like to do? And there's things that can bloom from that, you know, mm -hmm. really, really bloom from that. Even with, you know, it's not just about speaking, writing a book and having, you know, audio products. There's so many other things that you can do in alignment with that. One of my youngest clients, she is 15 years old. She wrote a children's book prior to coming on board with us. Now she's doing a um, journal to go with her book mm -hmm. and she's working on a doll that can that's a talking doll that can spout out affirmations to the little girls that have it so those are all things that she's doing that are congruent with her message that she didn't even think about monetizing you know so the possibilities honestly are endless mm -hmm. but it's all about what you know again i go back to what i said before if you're not passionate about something you it won't take you through the hard time mm -hmm. and Along with that, because I've experienced that with the people in my world, um, my husband in particular has a lot of passions in relation to the arts and music and entertaining and the way of the world is shifting. And so the, it, you know, 30 years ago, payment for artistic endeavor looked a lot different. There were albums, yeah. there were all kinds of ways in which you got um, paid for said service. And now the industries are so much different. Everything's digitized and you can access pretty much everything for free mm -hmm. um, or you pay some third-party provider. But what I had shared with him is if you continue to follow that passion, then the doors to the endless possibilities like you were talking about, those will start to open, but you cannot see the doors unless you start following the passion. So for anybody who's listening, whatever it is that lights you up, you don't have to monetize how you see it in this moment. You have to sort of kind of go down that rabbit hole and explore mm -hmm. it and love up on it a bit and see where, where the opportunities might lie and how you can make it yours and, and like put your personalness on yeah, it. your personal stamp. And if I could share a quick story about that for artists, yeah. like people who are in the art. Okay. So one of the resources that I share with people in our program, because most people, they want to do a podcast or they might want to do an audio product. And they're like, Hey, I need intro music or exit music. Well, you know, there's um, a resource online, which I'll talk, you know, it's called, if you go to YouTube and you type in Eric Lund, E-R-I-K, and then his last name is Lund, L-U-N-D. Um, he has a channel called No Copyright. Well, apparently Eric's story is he's one of the bigger YouTubers. I mean, he's got like millions and millions of downloads. Well, apparently he's a, like composes music and he got so tired of people either not, you know, paying him or not wanting to pay or they would take his work. And, you know, so what he did is he started his YouTube channel 
you can use his intro exit. You know, he's got tons of tracks he creates every day. And what happened is he put it up there and it's like, hey, as long as you're using it, just use this disclaimer in the notes, the show notes, so people can go to it or whatever um, and hear more of my tunes or whatever. So most people are always willing to do that. I do that too, mm-hmm. but he's making money from YouTube. from the advertising, from the downloads, and he's making more money now than he would have if he was selling piece by piece. Right. So it's the, there is a way around everything. So that's just a little example I wanted to share. Well, I'm, I'm a little personally jazzed by that because my husband is a musician and, um, my intro music is his. And because I was like, well, I own this because you're married to me. So I'm going to just take it and use it. It's going to be great. Um, But we talk about that all the time about how to take what it is that you're doing and what you feel there's ease and comfort with and put it into different spaces and see what, what lands. And of course it makes perfect sense. You know, in the music world, music is cheap and, but to be the, to be the artist, it's to make money. Yeah. That's right. Your value is massive. Um, Well, you know, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Robert Kiyosaki. I remember many, many, many years ago when Rich Dad, Poor Dad first came out, one of, one of the things, like he had a book on quadrants, and one of the quadrants is owning your own business, how that can save you money and you can make money. And he said, what you have to do is figure out you've got to solve a problem for people, mm-hmm. okay? And then you need to figure out, okay, how can I do the same thing for more and more people for a lesser price? And I've never forgotten that. So I think that still applies Mm -hmm. Um, because as a service, you know, if you're doing a service, you can only do so much anyway, because you're only one person, you're a human. But if you have it where it's backend content, it's pre-recorded, you did it one time, you're being paid off of that multiple times and figuring out how to monetize that, that's key, that's huge. And I think that's speakers, anybody, you know, uh, business owners, you know, you need to be able to maximize that because it's the same thing with real estate. Most people, if they buy a house and they rent it out, okay, that's income for them. At some point it becomes income. So you want to do the same thing too with your service. How can you provide this service for more and more people for less money? Oh, oh Carrie, I have, I've loved everything that you've shared and I'm really, I mean, on a personal level, and I know for many of the listeners and how they're choosing to advance themselves into a place where they're putting their happiness first. And that comes with really fine tuning, clarifying your purpose, your message, and then how you want to be of service and what legacy you want to leave. All of those pieces are so powerful and so important. And for the people who are like, yeah, I'm super jazzed. And I definitely want to be honing that opportunity to be seen and heard, whether it's on the stage or through the, uh, a book or that kind of um, experience, then I will, I mean, I invite you to connect with Carrie. All of her details are going to be in the show notes. Um, and so Carrie, is there any specific way you'd prefer to be contacted like social or email or if they go directly to the site to bookspeakrepeat.com, I actually have an inquiry form on there on the homepage. They can fill it out. And I, that way they can have a one-on-one conversation with me on zoom and I, they it may not be the right fit for them, but if I can point them in the right direction, I will. Awesome. Um, but that's probably the best way I would say. Fantastic. Is there anything you have? Uh, so you did mention that you were now shifting to sort of booking blocks and, and when you're taking in new clients, but is there anything um, that we can be looking forward to that you're sharing with the world? 
Well, a couple of things. We have our first um, first ever, and we're going to be doing this annually, our, um, our Elite Speakers Conference and Award Ceremony in April here in Orlando, uh, April 6th, I believe it is, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, and that's going to be a great time. So, I mean, that is open to non-members as well. So there's going to be uh, definitely opportunities for you to meet meeting planners and get exposure. Uh, it's going to be a great learning event. We'll have a get-together the night before, 8 to 5 the next day it's education education meeting meeting planners and then that night uh, doing an award ceremony so this is going to be our first one we're going to be doing this annually so i'm very excited about that i am working on a few other books uh, which is i don't have too much information on it i don't want to disclose too much but i am working on that um and then, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to, I, I do want to help people. I, we are changing it, like I said, just because of my schedule, because I'm a, I'm a client too, and I'm getting busy, and I want to make sure that I can give everybody the right amount of time that they need. Mm -hmm. um, so we're probably starting next year, like maybe in the spring and then the fall have open enrollment so if people want to join the program they can right now it's open so you know anybody can join anytime um but i think that'll be much more streamlined and i'm able to help more people that way because i don't want to bring on too many people and then i can't focus on what i need to focus on too so we're trying to do the same thing how can i do more and more of what i'm doing you know for more people uh for less money so yeah, so that's been a, a big thing that I'm, I'm working on. And then too, just trying to keep, I think like everybody, just keeping, there's so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. You look at the world, you look at everything that's going on and try, you know, I like just even this past year, I got rid of cable where I have a Roku TV. And so I don't have to flip through and watch the news. I can block all of that out. Been hugely helpful for me from a mental standpoint, because I think when we start getting caught up in that, we lose focus of what we're trying to do and how we can make the world a better place. So that would be, you know, something else that I'm continuing to work on. And I think everybody listening is probably too, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's, I mean, it's such a, um, an important piece that we can get caught up in. It's kind of like lobster in the pot as the water starts to get hot, you're not noticing the impact just like the noise and everything that's going on, it can really start to filter in to what it is that you feel like you're focused. Oh, I know I'm really doing this, but there's things are permeating and things are trickling in and they're taking away from that energy and that time and um, that opportunity for you to grow and expand in the direction that you are, that, where your intention is. So mm -hmm. simple and powerful advice, you know, to literally turn down the volume on what mm -hmm. is going on in the world so that you can stay focused on what matters most to you. And I think that's just fantastic. And going back advice. to the journaling, journaling, if you do that every <laughs> morning religiously, it's going to keep you, keep your day focused. It really, it's a, I notice the days I don't do it, mm -hmm. I'm paying for it dearly. <laughs> well, honey, you are speaking my language because of course I am journaling is a part of me. It's like a, it's like breathing for me and, a, and for me in my world and the journaling support that I offer clients. I, 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 I'm a huge, huge fan and it really is magical. So I, I'm really excited that you brought that up in particular, because that speaks to my soul. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all of that wisdom and uh, sharing your, your journey and your experience with us. And your cat because he's a kid. I know I was gonna say I'm, I got are you still in my lap grooming like hey this is my show my time all, I would say all the cat people who are listening get it and all the people who aren't cat people we still get it because yeah. we're, 
Totally why understand. does someone say to me, why don't you just shut your door, or your office door when you're recording? And I'm like, okay, clearly you don't have a cat. <laughs> no, that is not how that works. Yeah. Awesome. Well, oh. thank you so much, Carrie. And thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.